Yeah, uh, so we did uh, mention last Sunday uh, that we're going to have a time of corporate repentance and prayer uh, for, um, for men, so men repenting for stuff, women repenting for stuff. Uh, coming out of particularly the, uh, the men's gathering that we had, I know a lot of our men came to that. If you didn't, it was awesome. Uh, if you missed the what I shared, you can get, if you're on our uh, the private Paradox page, if you're not on that, uh, come and talk to me and we'll get you linked in. Uh, there's just stuff that we share, like family stuff that isn't for everyone to, uh, to know about. Um, but uh, yep, get on that. It's good stuff. Uh, it was a great night. Uh, but again, really a timing of the Lord to, to bring about a lot of good shifting stuff. So, um, yeah, it wasn't, there wasn't anything spectacular about what we did in particular, uh, apart from the fact that we said yes to God's timing and then His grace comes and accomplishes what He has desired. And I've just, yeah, keep hearing more and more good testimonies. I feel like all the time, for many years, we've heard great testimonies of, of change and transformation in people's lives and for the men in our community. Uh, coming awake spiritually, emotionally, all of that sort of stuff. But there's just a particular, you know, when God says it's time for something and we say yes, then he does it and he does a, a good and thorough job. Uh, but we felt like uh, because there are um, oftentimes when you have a larger collective of people that are uh, maybe struggling in the same area, there's, there's cultural things. This is what we talk about, a corporate stronghold. So we know Ephesians 6 the battle is, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers in the heavenly realms and all that sort of stuff. So we understand that uh, in maybe over a people group, over a region, over a city, over a nation, there can be particular sinful patterns of behavior that just seem kind of widespread. And that can be because of generational sin. It can just be because of what happens. But there are heavenly entities that determine and impact and essentially control the philosophies of large groups of people. That's how I understand kind of principalities and powers and corporate strongholds kind of working, is that we all come into agreement with something, and then so then we are come under control of that entity, if that makes sense. So you might say a cultural thing that we would all have heard about in Australia is that the whole tall poppy syndrome. So an, an inability to honor those in authority over us. Now that becomes a generational thing and obviously it's passed down and communicated from generation to generation. But there, there would be an acknowledgement that right across the nation when that is a cultural concept and construct that people come into agreement with that. But that's actually anti-kingdom. It's not the kingdom of God, and yet a whole grouping of people can come under that culture. Even in the church, then, we can have a culture where we don't honor the authority that God has established, either in the church or outside of the church, but we've got to recognize, well, that's not kingdom culture, but that's kingdom culture is the culture that we want to establish, and we actually have a responsibility as the church to be leading uh, territories, regions, nations under the Lordship of Jesus. So that is the ecclesia, the church, spiritual governing body in different areas. And so it's part of our role. But we need to recognize, oh, wow, sometimes there's ways that we think that we don't even think are, realize are unkingdom because they're so deeply rooted in us. And it's so much part of our culture that it's not challenged. And yet then we come to the scriptures and we realize, wow, that's actually not a kingdom culture. So then we come out of agreement with that personally 
But we also then have a responsibility to govern the spiritual realm over whatever authority God has given to us. So uh, we know for the last couple of years, we've felt like God has said, when I say felt like, God said to me um, quite clearly that he's given us a regional mandate. So we recognize that as a region, kind of essentially from Quinana down to Mandra, that he's given us a, a mandate to govern the spiritual atmosphere over that region. Big deal, big scary thing, and yet not because it's him. So it's just, we're just obedient to that. So then what we do corporately as we gather, whether it's here in the prayer room, he gives us assignments to deal with things spiritually, displacing stuff, healing the land, all of that sort of stuff. It's all part of this bigger kind of corporate thing that he's doing as, as we all partner together. And I'm not saying that our church is the only church that has part, you know, we, we just play the part that God has us to play. It's not like we are superior or better or anything like that. God just says, this is what I want you to do, and we say yes. That's Christianity 101. So if we recognize then, okay, that there are larger corporate strongholds that people, groups, uh, regions, areas that are under a similar kind of thing, then we want to deal with those corporate strongholds so come out of agreement so a stronghold is a an ungodly way of thinking pattern of thinking okay but it's one where you don't think about what you're thinking you just automatically behave in those sorts of ways so sometimes culturally we just have there are ways that particular cultures behave and it's just cultural and normal and they don't think about the fact that they're behaving in that way yeah, you could all, I'm sure you could all think of particular cultures. And so we'd say in a, in a stronghold, now you can have a personal stronghold where you have just a, a pattern of thinking that you just always automatically respond to circumstances and, and situations with a particular way of thinking, but that can then come into a larger corporate thing. So what we spoke about and what we have been kind of challenging, particularly with our men, uh, we would recognize that, that there is personal strongholds, personal, a personal work that God is doing, but we also want to then recognize, well, as an apostolic people, there is a, usually a bigger picture than what God's doing than just the individual. And so we want to say, well, God, if you're dealing with, so just say, if you're dealing with passivity in my heart, in my life, then Lord, what are you doing at a broader level in our church community and then at a broader level in our region or our nation where passivity has become something that is a stronghold that keeps people stuck and trapped under it, okay? So that's when we're talking about a corporate stronghold, that's what we're dealing with and corporate strongholds take corporate repentance yeah now when we uh, corporately repent you might say well that's I've never struggled with that particular sin that I'm repenting for or you might even say well if you're going to repent on behalf of you know fathers well I'm not a father or as husbands well I'm, I'm not married but again in corporate repentance you are in, a, in an act of intercession standing in the gap for those who are maybe locked under that corporate stronghold so in the same way when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. They actually don't understand. They think that they're doing the right thing and yet they're completely deceived in their behavior even to stand here and to crucify me and to mock me and to do all of those things. Son of God on a cross and the people think that they are acting righteously. Okay? So he says, Father, forgive them. So he is in, as an act of intercession uh, asking the Father to release forgiveness over them now still at an individual level we have to take responsibility for that we can't just well I'll just forgive 
you know, and stand in the gap for everyone's sins, but it, it opens the door for people to come and step into that freedom. You can, you can deal with a corporate stronghold and you can still choose individually, well, no, I'm going to st- keep walking in the way that I am. But when you deal with that high-level power structure that's there, then all of a sudden people have the ability to come into that freedom because there's not now this massive demonic entity. I don't know exactly how all the supernatural realm works, okay? We're, we're basing of what we know of Scripture or even experientially and those sorts of things, but this is where we're trusting the Lord to, to lead us. So there is a whole lot of things. We've just got a long list that we feel like God is calling us particularly to deal with as a church community this morning. Now, again, there might be stuff that you, on the list here that we're going to pray through, and it's like, oh, I've just never struggled with that, or actually I'm not, you know, spiritual slumber. Well, I've, I feel like I've always been spiritually awake. But again, you're not just praying for you. You're not just repenting for you. You're also repenting. You might be saying, for me and on behalf of you know, husbands and fathers, or as, as, as the women come up to repent, you might say, well, I've never struggled with that, but I will repent on behalf of other women and those sorts of things. There's no shame. Like, repentance is the best thing that we can do. It should be a joyous thing. It's not a sorrowful thing. Godly sorrow can lead us into that place of repentance, but it doesn't produce it. Repentance should be producing joy in us because we're coming into freedom. We're coming out of agreement with a lie and we're coming into agreement with truth. And truth sets us free. It's a great thing. Sometimes the pathway to repentance is hard. Sometimes, as, uh, as we also recognize, sometimes when we come into repentance, we, we can, be, can have a sorrow about the impact that we've had on other people. So, uh, you know, if a, if a husband has been deeply passive and then all of a sudden his heart is awake and he comes out of passivity, then he starts to recognize, wow, I, I haven't maybe shepherded my children well or I haven't cared for my wife well or I haven't, you know, been engaged to cover my house spiritually. And that can produce a, a sorrow and a, and a mourning to, to recognize, wow, I, I haven't done what I'm designed to do or I've been called to do. But it's important that we don't allow that to produce shame in us. But we recognize, well, Lord, and I, I've had that in my life where, you know, where Lisa has challenged me on things and I had just been blind to it. And all of a sudden, because God deals with different parts in my heart and I come to this place, I'm like, I never saw that before. And through tears, repenting, like, and I can't, I can't believe that I would behave like that. I can't believe that I would do those things. I can't believe that I would, had laid down my responsibility in that way. So it's okay for it to hurt, but as long as we don't then get into this kind of wallowing of, oh, you know, I've just ruined everything, and no, you haven't. <laughs> You're going to be part of fixing everything, and again, that's part of oftentimes when we repent, then we seek, how do I do restitution, reconciliation, all of the, all of the other really good R's that we have in the scriptures. So does that make sense, Corporate That's what we're doing. Um, awesome. Before we do that, you guys want to come up? So, what we thought would be helpful as well is to have a bit of sharing time, and only because we kind of work together that we know uh, their story, but just for Luke and Rachel, I guess, who have been, some of these things have the Lord has been doing in their marriage, in them individually. And so just to give some context as well, because what we don't want to do is just go, oh yeah, cool, stood in the gap for men, 
then I just go about my merry way thinking everything's awesome because I have no doubt that some of the things that we'll repent for are things that at least one man in the room, I'm sure, would have struggled with one of these things. So it's okay, but it just means then to recognize, oh wow, that's what it looks like to come awake spiritually. That's what it looks like to be, for my heart to, uh, to be engaged and come out of shutdown. And so just to give some kind of helpful context for you. So you might go, oh wow, yeah, I, I recognize that or I'd struggle with that or, oh, that's how you can come out of that. Yeah? You go first. It's testimony that's a journey. So I don't, I don't believe awakening happens and then you're there. I believe that you awaken. So there can be bursts of awakening, but it's actually a journey, just as our whole journey with the Lord is a journey. So please hear it that way. And I'm sorry if that sounds discouraging for people who've just experienced a really great awakening sense. <laughs> Woohoo, there's more. Um, I, I wanted to come at this as a wife, primarily, um, from our prayer ministry sessions, for our journey. I, I, I felt the Lord tell me, this is the one for you, and we met and married within five months. So you can imagine how much hasn't been formed in, in the how long people tell you you're supposed to date period. And so, and so the oneness in Scripture, even they metaphor that, I hope it's appropriate to say, um, with, with sex because it's body, soul, spirit, and it is, it's a great metaphor, but actually that intimacy is a metaphor of something, and when you go into the glory with the Lord, that's body, soul, spirit, and some of the language that we had to really, there was so much friction around when a woman, just in our scenario, confronts, puts a boundary down, nags, is bossy, um, um, wrestles with a man if it's rooted in love and consistently there it's because they're asking for connection and it can be very confronting and culture usually sees it as oh she's a nagger or well your, your wife's got the one up or who wears the pants but if the heart in the woman is righteous and that in itself I can't even claim that's what I have I'm human in this but if your heart is like I just need to find my man or I need my man then that language can sound different to the man, but the heart of the woman is, I'm looking for you, I'm looking for you. And it really helped with some prayer ministry. So Luke will share his testimony, but for me, it helped. I'm an abider, so I can sit in your company and you don't need to talk because my spirit knows your spirit. So if someone's around me with their spirit shut down, I'm like, man, I can't even find you at all. But if their heart's closed as well, it's like, this is... I don't even know what we're going to talk about, like the weather. But if your spirit's a bit asleep and your heart's going, I can track with your heart to find you. Um, so with Luke, we'd have conversation and, and he'd talk. And for him, it's everything he's passionate about, everything he's interested in. And I'm like, you are up here and I'm trying to hear you here. And it's two different conversations. So then the honesty in me goes, I can't track with you. I can't find you because I'm hearing this conversation and it's different to that conversation. Does that help? I know this is all a bit mystical, but just track with me. When I had prayer ministry, we were talking about some different things, and I realized in my childhood, one of my favorite things was to sit on my dad's lap. And even if I was really upset, I'd sit and he'd cuddle me, and we wouldn't actually talk, but I would, I would recalibrate in the rhythm of his presence, which to me is Jesus. 
And that's because my spirit knew that he was peaceful with me. Does that make sense? Like we were okay. It's a very reassuring place. It means it goes across language barriers. It goes across maturity levels. Um, Luke has, was born with dyspraxia, so sometimes the words he wanted couldn't come through, though the Lord's healing so much of that. So when he was talking, I had to put aside my value of just say what you mean and don't say anything else because that's not valuing your words. I almost had to put it aside and just track with his spirit. So to be able for us to do that meant for us to both pursue our spirit heart fully awake so that we can track with each other. And it looks different for a man than it does for a woman. So I wasn't asking him to be like me. I was asking him to be like Jesus. And for us to recognize, oh, that's why when I'm talking and then you say something and I'm like, you're way over here. You weren't tracking with me at all. Now my heart doesn't feel understood. And you go through that little, what the heck? You know, I thought we got each other. Now we don't. And how do we discipline the kid? And it was like, oh, we're not tracking in the same spirit. So our language would be, can we just get on the same page quick? And we'd lean into getting tracking on the same spirit. Does that help? So I know it's wonderful to have spiritual gifts and to see things in the spirit and everything. But the whole full purpose of it is the metaphor of sex. It's this deep connection you can have when your spirit and heart are awake and they're in communion. So when your heart and spirit are in communion and then the two of you with heart and spirit in communion can track with each other beyond words. Just to look across the room. It's how I read Toby when he can't say words. You just track with the spirit in a kid. So does that help when when people are saying, I'm trying to find you or uh, you're not making sense or could you say it a different way? It's usually because people don't realize it, but they're trying to find where you can track with the other person. And so you're usually looking for their spirit. Is that all right? That's what awakening it is. It is for warfare. It is for seeing in the spirit and gifts. But primarily it's for connection. So that you can track with Holy Spirit in the glory. You can see where he's going. Heart healing is so important because your heart actually, all the different things you feel from sadness to shame to pain to sorrow to joy to glee to um, exhaustion, to, f- to learn your heart means you can language what the Spirit is saying. So you're actually trying to be able to understand what the Spirit metaphors are. Why is there fire in that picture? Was it sad fire, happy fire, purifying fire, fierce fire? So you need your heart to talk to you so you can understand your spirit. Does that make sense? That's why all that stuff comes in communion. So this was our tracking over our seven, nearly seven years, April seven years marriage. Um, but Luke positioned himself this last year before the Lord and said, I don't, if everything else goes, I want intimacy. So he's done a work of diligence. I need to point that out. As a wife, he's been so diligent. The diligently seeking is really important. It doesn't just get given to you on a platter. Um, I know that sounds unfair, but it's true. There's a diligence on our part when it comes to any relationship. So I don't know why that's different with Jesus for some of us, but lead the way with the testimony because it's amazing. Um. You wrecked me this morning, mate. Um, I just want to clarify, I'm still on the journey. I got humbled last week, and I expect to be humbled again. So please hear this from husbands and men. I'm still waking up. Um, uh, You wrecked me, eh? Um, Yeah, like 2018, uh, towards the end of the year... For those who don't know, I run a business, me and my wife, we run a business, it's a gym, and our revenue got cut in half, all right, out of nowhere, no fault of our own, just all legit reasons, but our revenue got cut in half, and in that time as well, we said yes to a landscaper, so we had to pay money to a landscaper, and on top of that as well, my favourite dog had to get put down, which was sad, but also the finances to do that as well, while repair our other dog as well, so 
I think it was a prayer, New Year's Eve prayer night. I was actually meant to help lead. And I said to, and Rachel um, spoke on my behalf to some of the other leaders and said, like, just give Luke some grace. And I remember on that, I remember that um, New Year's Eve, I just remember just weeping and weeping. I'm like, this is a waste of time. And I, and I still say, this is a waste of time if it's not with intimacy. Like, there's got to be something more. Like, if this is all there is, I am wasting too many hours at church. And that's how I truly felt. For me, personally, that's how I felt. So it's just like, I want intimacy. You can take my finances, you can take that, you can take my time. For me, I just want intimacy with you. And I've experienced the glory before, and Brad can testimony to it. There's been a time where it was ridiculously, and Brad knows exactly what I'm talking about in that one time. But, like, <laughs> um, so it wasn't that there was no consistency of intimacy with the Lord. And I didn't even know that's, I didn't even know it was called waking up or staying awake. I was like, there was just no intimacy. So I said to the Lord, 2019, I don't care what happens, I want intimacy. Whatever that looks like, that's what I wanted. And so throughout the whole year, he's been so good. He's been so good. Um, He has delivered. And every time my wife confronted me about something, some area, and I disagreed, I still honoured her and did the prayer ministry, even if I didn't feel like it was on point. And I felt like, I felt throughout the year, whenever my wife confronted me saying, you're, you're dishonouring me, um, you're not waking up in these areas, I need you to stand up as a man of this house, all these areas, I'm like, all right, within a month, I would have got a prayer ministry session. And it's not, I'm not saying that to say, hey, look at me. I'm saying that like, I felt like God honoured that. He was like, you're honouring your wife? And then I felt him say, yield your time. And for those who know me, I could run for, I'd rather exercise than anything else. So those who know me, and then he said, I want you to fast exercise. Yeah, yeah, I cried when I told Rach. Um, I was weeping, I was like, jeepers. Um, and that was hard. And then he said, if you can get up early for exercise, then you can get up even earlier to do prayer time with me. And then he's given me supernatural strength to do my days without a rest because I have a two-year-old. And then he goes, if you can honour your son and look after your son while your wife works on a Sunday, I'll make sure that you won't be left out in the Sunday corporate. And so this whole year hasn't been like one big, one moment of like, oh, awake. It's just literally a bit diligent, like as Rachel said, it's been bang, bang. Even when I didn't, like that song recently, even when I don't see you or even when I don't hear you, that's my anthem of this year. I'm like, oh, I don't feel you right now early in the morning. I don't see you. I can see my coffee, but that's all I can see. <laughs> Let's just be real. Like, but I just, but he has just come through. And then there was one moment, and I'll finish with this, there was one moment in two months ago or one month ago, two months ago, two months ago where 
I was meant to, we had the pre-prayer before Sunday service and I was meant to be here um, leading that. And I went for my run with my dog, um, came home and normally I'm a lot, you know, yep, let's ready to go. And I was just, I was ticked off. I don't know why I was ticked off, but I was annoyed. Everything my wife was doing was annoying me. Everything my son was doing was annoying me even more. Um, I was, yeah, I was just grumpy. Um, and it's something, is, I, don't, I can't tell you what it was. It wasn't a divine encounter, but something inside me said, just go for a walk. And in previous years, when I've gone from a walk, I walked away because I was trying to escape and not, um, just trying to escape reality and run away. But something inside me this time said, just go for a walk and just pray. And something inside me then said, Rachel will understand. Which later on, we were, we were on the similar pages. But So I left and Rachel was looking after Tobias. And I remember walking, I just remember, I don't, it wasn't even, as I said, it's not an clear encounter, but it was just like, I don't even remember what I said, but it was like, I stop living self for self and I start living self for you, which I've said throughout the whole year. So this is nothing new, like, oh, I've, I've got revelation. This isn't something new. But for some reason at that time, the Lord said, the Lord just cracked the egg. He just cracked the egg on me. I was like, oh, all right. And then I remember coming to that pre-service prayer, and at the start it was just me, Nicole, and um, I think it was Jordan. I don't know if Jordan's here, but Jordan was here. And it was just like, bang. It was a bang. It was just like, whoa. And then worship started. And for the first five minutes, five seconds, I was drenched in tears. And then my son came and I went off. (laughs) And then parent life. But yeah, ever since then, it's just been bang. But I just want to make, like, it hasn't been an awakening, like, oh, I'm awake now. Like, that makes it sound all, it's, it's amazing, but it's like, it doesn't stop. There's still more for me. And as I said, last week, I got humbled again, you know. But um, from a husband point of view, From my point of view as a husband, so please hear this is from my journey. I honour everything my wife pours into me and I respect everything she does and the, dir- and the discernment she puts on me and the correction. And if she says something in terms of the spiritual realm or if I need to grow up, even if I disagreed with it, it doesn't matter because I know that God will pour into me if I honour. He'll pour into me as his bride if I pour into my bride. And he said on that, and he said on that morning, he said to me, he goes, and I was one of the things me and Rachel, I was talking to the I was like, how do I form a connection with Rachel? She's talking about what's all this emotional connection. I don't know what this is. And then the Lord said, honour your wife like you would want to honour me so you can sleep in my bed with me. And I still don't know what that exactly looks like. I'm still learning. But yeah. (laughs) 
the, the point that uh, Rach brings out of, um, you know, marriage, intimacy, oneness, it, it is what the Lord longs to have with us. Uh, Ephesians 5, 21, I've, I haven't actually read this from the Passion Translation, but here it is. Uh, it talks about, this is where it talks about, you know, uh, wives submit to your husbands, husband loves your wives, as Christ loved the church. It says, for this reason, a man is to leave his father and his mother and lovingly hold to his wife since the two have become joined as one flesh. Marriage is the beautiful design of the Almighty, a great and sacred mystery meant to be a vivid example of Christ and his church. So every man should be gracious to his wife just as he is gracious to himself. Every wife should be tenderly devoted to her husband. But there is the, the purpose of marriage, we need to understand, is not procreation or you know, connection or any of those things. It's, it's the example of Christ and his church. So we understand when we pursue intimacy and oneness and connection, spirit and heart to one another in that context, that is a reflection of what the Lord desires with us, that our spirit and our heart, that every part of us would be intimately connected with him. And it is something of then the order of what God does. You know, Luke's ex example is, I chose intimacy with Jesus and the fruit of intimacy with him getting this right, learning this, was then connection with his wife and connection with his son. Uh, and one of the things that I shared about uh, at the men's gathering was just the order of how I think, and I feel like the Lord's been establishing it in our community, as much as there has been, you know, slumber and passivity, the, the sin of that. But in the awakening, he didn't just say, come on, man, get up and just burn, do that. He said, okay, first step is you need to love the bridegroom. Second step is you need to love your bride if you have one. Third step is you need to love his bride. And I feel like that's some of what he's doing. He's, he's bringing us first into to love him and then to love in the context of our relationships that we have in those primaries and then to come back in and to learn what it is to lead in the body of Christ. Because there's, I mean, there can be lots of great leaders in the church, but maybe they don't love their wives very well. Or maybe they don't even love Jesus very well, um, but they love to be a leader and they're bold and they're strong. And so there's a, there's a right order of those things. And I love to seeing what the Lord is doing in, in that he's establishing right order because he is a good and faithful husband to us, even as men, as you know, because we are his bride. Whether we like it or not, <laughs> it's good. Um, did you have anything, other points or should we pray? All right. So we are going to pray. I'm going to lead a prayer of repentance for the men. Now, again, uh, we will be um, seeking forgiveness from Jesus, but also from the women in our community so that the women would stand in the gap in intercession and, uh, and forgive the men. Um, but uh, this is something, so we are not, you might not own all of these things, but we, you're going to stand in the gap or recognize um, this actually is, is my stuff. But this is not men repenting to women to repair a woman-man relationship. This is men repenting to Jesus, okay? And the fruit will, uh, my expectation always is the fruit of this working is that these things will work. Like we, we, we love and we long for full and healthy and life-giving marriages. Restoration, breakthrough, intimacy, all the fullness of God being manifest. But we know that it, it's, it's this way first. If this isn't right, this will never be right. Sometimes even the, a marriage relationship can look right because you've got 
a whole bunch of different sinful structures in play that work well together. Um, you know, maybe a, a controlling husband and a passive wife, and everything looks good on the surface, and yet it's both of those things are rooted in sin, so we want God's order and fullness. So, if I could invite all the men to stand... Do you feel like gathering together or staying where you are? You have a voice. What would you like? Come forward at least. There we go. Someone's spoken. Good job. <laughs> we, also don't want, we also don't want to force you to do repentance, but possibly if you don't want to, maybe leave the room. I mean that really honoringly, but don't, please don't fake it. And please don't not participate and just watch. So if you don't want to be here, that's really okay. We have all respect for that as your journey. Just maybe sit outside. Absolutely. All right. So you join me in prayer. So Father God, we just bring this time before you, Lord. We, we believe that it is an appointed time uh, for the men and women in this community to repent on our behalf, Father, to confess our sin to you, Lord. And maybe even as we repent, we might be repenting for things that maybe we, we feel like, I don't even know if I struggle with this. And yet through the repentance you reveal, you might reveal areas to us, Lord, coming out of this time. But Father, we also want to repent on behalf of men uh, in this region, Father, in this nation. As far as you want the impact of this repentance to go, we just say, yes, Lord. But Father, we come in humility, Lord. We don't come, oh, we've figured it out. We haven't figured anything out, Lord. You're leading this because you're a good father. You're a good bridegroom. But Father, we want to be obedient to what you're saying. So, Father, we choose to repent on behalf of ourselves or of other men as fathers, as brothers, as sons, as husbands. Father, we repent for passivity, Lord. We repent for that she'll be right attitude, Lord. And even as I've declared before, she will not be right if we are not right, Lord. Father, we repent for in any way that our spirit our personal spirit has been in slumber or captivity, Lord. Whether because of sin or whether because it's never been awakened, Lord. And I say right now, we just call spirits to be awakened in Jesus' name. To come awake and to come out of captivity. Father, we repent on behalf of ourselves and other men for where our heart has been shut down, Lord. Again, because of sin and choice or because it's just never been awakened by our fathers, the fathers that have gone before us, Lord. And we just speak, Father, life over men's hearts, Lord, language of emotion, God. Father, we repent for judging emotions, Lord, as being a feminine trait, Lord. We repent for judging emotions as being weak, God. And we just say, Father, awaken our emotions, Lord, awaken our hearts, we cannot love you without our emotions, Jesus. So we say, awaken our hearts, Lord. Yeah. Father, we repent for not leading our home spiritually and for not leading spiritually within the church, God. For not taking the responsibility of warfare, for not leading in those things, for not giving direction, Father, where a direction is needed, for not speaking up when our voice was needed to be heard, Lord. For not shouldering and taking the weight where you've called us to take the weight, Father. For choosing to sit down when you have called us to stand up. Yeah. 
for choosing to stay still when you've chosen, when you've called us to walk, Lord. Father, we repent for abdicating, for giving away our roles and responsibilities in our home and in the church, God, where we have let other people, Lord, either other men or where we have let women take on a role and a responsibility that was ours to carry. Father, we repent for not providing for the needs of our family, for all of the needs of our family, Lord, where children and wives need body, soul, and spirit provision, Lord. Father, not just a roof over their head, Father, but emotional awakening and spiritual provision, Lord. Father, where we have not led in those ways, maybe we have provided financially, Lord, but we have not nurtured the hearts of our wives and our children, Lord. We have not nurtured the hearts in our friendships, God. We have not nurtured people spiritually. Father, we repent for not providing spirit, soul, and body provision, Lord, in the measure that you have chosen us to provide them, God. Father, we repent for any judgments against women for being too strong, for nagging, for being too emotional, or for not allowing men to rise up. Father, we acknowledge that it has always been our choice to stand in the place that you have for us, that we didn't need permission, we needed courage, Lord. And we thank you for the release of courage, Father, that we can stand in our place, God, and that we would hear the voice of the women around us, Father, championing us on to be all that you have called us to be, Father. Lord, we pray for even a rewiring, Lord, when we hear the voice, Father, of our wives or of our sisters or of our mothers, Lord, and we would interpret that as you are calling me higher and Jesus, I want to be higher. So refine my ears to hear your voice in those moments, God. Father, we repent for abuse done to others, Lord. Father, where we have taken or where we have not provided where we should have, Lord. Father, we repent for apathy, for an inability to make decisions, for not seeking counsel and wisdom in our lives, for personally, for our families, for our work, whatever it might be, Lord. For not confronting things that needed to be confronted, Lord. For not calling out sin and, and labeling it for what it is. For leaving others to carry our load. Father, for not having any felt needs, Lord. We repent of apathy in Jesus' name. Father, we repent on behalf of men or of ourselves for violence, for rage, for aggression, for dominance, or control, Lord, we recognize that as a spirit of witchcraft, Lord, and we come out of agreement with witchcraft, and we repent for any agreement that we have made in Jesus' name. Father, we repent for self-soothing and self-comfort, Lord, and for the addictions that come out of whether it be food or all of those false refuges, Lord, masturbation, pornography, any area, Lord, that we would run to, God, to soothe ourselves rather than seeking the comfort that only comes from you, Lord. Where we have sought refuge in the hiding, Lord, computer games, television, in work, God, in our own hobbies and interests, Lord. Where we have sought self and, and found refuge in those places, Lord, in a false, ungodly way rather than coming to you for our needs, Lord. Father, we repent for self-focus, for narcissism and selfishness, Lord. Father, where we have maybe hoarded things, where we have blocked people out in order to self-protect, we repent in Jesus' name. Father, we repent for not laying down our lives for you first, for our wives and for our children and for others, Lord. 
as you have called us to, and you set the example, Jesus, to lay down our lives, where we have not done that, Lord, in the way that you have called us to, we repent. Father, we repent for not protecting our families and the church spiritually in intercession and warfare and in bringing right order of your kingdom into places, Lord. Where we have sat down when you have called us to fight, Lord. Where we have not utilized the weapons of warfare that you have placed in our hands, God. And Father, where we have opened up our families and the church to demonic influence, Lord, because we have not stood our ground and done war with you on their behalf. Father, we repent for justifying our behaviors and justifying the state of our heart or our spiritual walk, Lord. And Father, we repent for colluding with like-minded men in our offense or our dominance or our cynicism, in particular towards women. Father, where we have partnered, Lord, maybe even had conversations in a mocking way where we've dishonored our wives or our sisters, Lord, by speaking dishonorably against them, Father. We repent in Jesus' name. And Holy Spirit, I ask even right now for any other areas that you would call us to repent for, we just pray, Holy Spirit, give us the words, awaken our minds. I'll just give a minute just to let Holy Spirit reveal anything else. Say, search our hearts, Lord. Find any wickedness in our heart and reveal it to us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So first and foremost, we seek your forgiveness, Jesus. We ask for your forgiveness, Lord, for every act of sin, Lord, that we knew about and every act of sin that we didn't know about, God. We ask your forgiveness. And to, the, to, our, to our wives, to other women, to our sisters and our daughters, we ask forgiveness in Jesus' name. And we repent to them for our sin. And Father, we choose to forgive ourselves, Lord. And we ask that you uh, wash away any shame, Lord, that you would tear down any structures of shame where we would walk away from this time with a weight of, of that sin upon us or any shame upon us, Lord, that you are washing away in this moment. So, Father, we choose also to forgive ourselves. And I just want to pronounce over you as you have come to the Lord and repented of your sin and repented on behalf of the sins of others and you have sought forgiveness that the Lord pronounces you forgiven in Jesus' name by, by his authority. But we receive that forgiveness, Lord. We receive the washing that comes with our confession and our repentance and that forgiveness, Lord. We receive it, God. And Father, we choose to come out of agreement with every corporate stronghold, Lord. And Holy Spirit, by your power and will, would you tear down every corporate stronghold and place displace every demonic principality in this region that would keep men trapped in the bondage of every sin that we have just repented of. We thank you, Father, that you do war on our behalf, that these things are your responsibility, Lord, but you would release angels, Father, to deal, Lord, and that there would be a breaking down, a tearing down of this corporate stronghold, Lord, over the men in this city, in this region, and in this nation, Lord. 
Father, there would be an awakening, Lord, that would uh, unravel out of this place even, God. That it would just not stop here, Father. But you'd be releasing men, Father. You'd be awakening men in this city and in this region, God. To stand up into the rightful place that you have for them, Lord. Not in a higher place or a lower place, Father, but the right place that you have, Father. That we would sit in our seat of governance, Lord. That we would sit in our seat of leadership, Father, in whatever sphere of influence you have given to us, Lord. Father, we bind up false humility and we bind up pride in Jesus' name, neither of which reflect your nature, God. But we just want to say yes, because you've said, this is what I call you to be. So we say yes to you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Just before the men go, women, are we okay to say we forgive you? Yeah, we forgive you. Can that come off your lips? We forgive you, men. Yeah. Awesome. Great work. Bless you. Yeah, let's swap. Let's men have their seat and bless the woman as the woman do some work before the Lord. Come, let us gather, women. Father, as we say we forgive, we recognize that's a journey. But we take responsibility for that too, to put our hearts before you on the journey of forgiveness. Lord, even now we just pray a healing and a washing that there would be that you would enable us to to forgive, that you would empower us to forgive, that there would be forgiveness from a healing heart, not from a broken heart. It doesn't really work when it's still broken. So Jesus, we just pray that you would empower us and bring your healing oil even now as we just surrender to you. We trust your power to forgive. It has always only been your blood that enables us to forgive. So we acknowledge you right now. And our first repentance would be that, that you have not been first. So we give you room to be first to love men today. Lord, we recognize this as an act of intercession, so we repent on behalf of mothers and sisters, daughters and wives, as well as our own hearts. Let this go as far as you call it to Jesus. Let it be true, even as we discover its truth as we say it. Lord, we just pray that it would light up this nation. Beloved Jesus, we repent for any judgments we've made against men for being passive or asleep, where we've held them in captivity by our offense, where our approach has been to nip them in the heel instead of to bring fresh breath and courage, where we haven't been the paraclete, we've been the accuser, we repent, Jesus. We repent, beloved Jesus, for taking the place of men in our home or in the church when it's not the seat you've asked us to sit in. You are the true husband. We repent for enabling men to remain inactive by trumping and taking their place. 
Jesus, we repent even further for taking feminism too far, to f for fighting to actually be the man, to wear the pants, or to form some sense of quality and identity from being just like them and then proving we can do it better. We repent for that pride, for the divisiveness and the usurping. We repent for not seeing our own outfit and our own worth. We repent for abusing the system, for trying to take apart your wisdom and building our own structure. For we know, Jesus, that you value us deeply and our place is holy. So we repent for questioning your judgment of our place in society. We, we repent for questioning your wisdom and your value for women. Jesus, we repent for partnering with dominance, with witchcraft, which is control, for cynicism, an offense in our hearts and for calling it discernment or righteousness. We repent for colluding with other women in dishonor towards men, for our gossip, for our slander, for our hypocrisy, for what we see in others is usually within ourselves and for our inability to speak first to a man instead of to a woman for anything we feel is out of place. We recognize that as sheepish and foolish and partnering with the enemy. So Father, we repent for our lack of truth and our lack of love towards men. Father, we repent for giving ourselves sexually or withholding ourselves sexually to obtain control or peace or favor where we've used it as a weapon instead of as a ministry. Even if this was rooted in insecurity or confusion, we recognize our choice and we recognize the root of the choice wasn't holy and we recognize the agenda was abuse and we repent. We ask that you would wash this area and renew our minds, that we would understand the gift of sexual intimacy as a ministry to men, as a gift to men, and as a holy offering. For Lord, we know that you are moving in the men in, in return and you, you honor our honor. Mm. Jesus, we repent for expecting men to eventually grow up to become just like us. Rather than celebrating who are they meant to be, which is just like Jesus. For being able to recognize their puzzle piece in our life and how it needs to be shaped different for us to fit. So we repent again for pride, for trying to mature men or women into the likeness of ourselves and our own giftings instead of into you. Jesus, we repent for justifying our behavior and the state of our heart and spirit in these things. We repent for false refuges, filling the gaps while we didn't confront or didn't repent. 
And Lord, we just want to leave room for anything else you want to bring forward to our hearts that needs repentance. So we invite you to speak further, Holy Spirit. We'll just listen for a couple of minutes. Let him let things roll out of your heart that he brings up. We just want to repent, Lord, for any hard-heartedness. Any hard-heartedness, any hopelessness, any resentment and any bitterness, any justification for our hearts to be closed and removed. First and foremost, Jesus, this is before you, so we ask that you forgive us for not operating as the bride, tender and gracious and laid down for a groom, running to you and longing to fellowship with you for not listening and obeying. We repent, Jesus. And we ask before men in this room for forgiveness as men, as husbands, as brothers and as sons that you'd forgive us for our sin. You'd forgive us for not walking in the righteousness of Christ, for not recognizing our identity and our path. Thank you. And we recognize the need for us to forgive ourselves. And we take the blood that you've given us and your body that was broken for us today and we appropriate it in this very moment and in this very hour to the very root in each life in the women, Lord, that there would be a liberation in women to be women. A liberation in women to be the paraclete, to be the wisdom and the counsel and the might. Lord, I just thank you for the liberation of women in this nation. And we come out of every agreement with corporate stronghold. You carry on this part, it's good, you do. Yeah. Yes, Father, we choose to come out of agreement with every corporate stronghold and Holy Spirit, by your power and will, would you tear down every corporate stronghold and displace every demonic principality in this region that would keep women trapped in the bondage of every sin that they have just repented of, Father. We thank you, Lord, that you would bring right order, God, first in our hearts, Lord, and have understanding, Father. And Lord, even as you begin to bring right order into homes and into the church, Father, Lord, even where maybe responsibilities have been carried by a woman that she can now release, Lord, that there would be a, a grace for the releasing, Lord. But, Father, where men need to rebuild trust, Lord, there would also be a grace for the, for the understanding that trust must be rebuilt, Father. In the restitution journey and relationship, God, we just pray a grace on both sides, Father. A grace on both sides, Jesus. But that you are establishing the order, Lord. And Father, we celebrate femininity and masculinity in the expression that comes from you, Lord, not what our culture would dictate, God. Because Father, you made us in your image, male and female, Lord. So as women are fully expressed as women, they, ex uh, they manifest a particular part of your nature, Lord. 
And as men come into their fullness, Lord, they would manifest a part of your nature, Lord, that would not come if they weren't fully men and that would not come from women if they weren't fully women, Father. So we celebrate the uniqueness, God, of men and women, Lord. And we pray that in this community, Lord, and in our marriages and relationships, Father, that you would bring about right order, kingdom order, Father, of love and honor and respect and the pursuit, first and foremost, of you, God, but then of the blessing and the increase of the other, Jesus. And Father, we pray for men and women, Lord, We recognize that no one can make this change apart from you, Jesus, that you initiate it and you will complete this work, Lord. It is your desire and we are in submission to you as the bride of Christ. But Father, all that we can do is acknowledge our sin, own it, and to stop justifying it, Lord, that you would bring us out of denial, Lord, of any area, Father, where we are unaware of our sin. We acknowledge it is all by the power of the Holy Spirit as we submit to you. And we ask, Lord, for wisdom and strategies for restitution, reconnection, and rebuilding of relationships, Lord. We trust you to do all of these things because you are good and you are holy. And Father, I now, even as the women have repented for all of their sin, As they have sought your forgiveness, I just pronounce that forgiveness over you in Jesus' name. The Lord has heard your prayer and he calls you forgiven and that he would wash you by his blood. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Awesome. Bless you. So if you are new or visiting, uh, we probably won't do this every week. Um, Or maybe we will.